Welcome to the Intentional House Podcast. Here, it's all about creating beautiful homes that actually help families love better. Here's your host, the home coach herself, Carly Thornock. Hey homies, it's Carly, and as always, I'm so glad that you're here. This is the official podcast of Intentional House, where we help soulful women renovate their homes with a relationships first approach. Merry Christmas week, everybody. I hope that your holiday celebrations have been going well. Over here on our home front, we've actually been looking to buy a fixer-upper. I can't get enough of the renovations. I do love myself a good redesign. And with things at our ranch property moving slowly as far as well permits go, we've been looking around, seeing what kind of projects we can do, maybe turn into either like a flip or a rental property. So here are a few of the things that I've learned in the last couple of months as we've been going throughout this process. We've put offers in on a couple of different houses, um, we've run into a few problems with some of them, things we didn't really want to deal with, like property and boundary disputes and all sorts of fun stuff. And here are the things that I've learned. And I hope that these are helpful to somebody because when you're looking for a house or when you're starting to renovate, we have great ideals and ambitions of how smoothly it's going to go. And we even tell ourselves like, I know that there's going to be bumps, but it's going to be fine. But then when the big bumps happen and we realize ouch, (laughs) renovation and even home buying when you're not even looking to renovate can be a long process. It usually takes two or three or now these days, 18, 25 times to put an offer on a house to go through the whole process before you land the ideal situation. So hopefully this is helpful. Hang in there. There is just like there's the intentional house cycle, there's like an intentional house buying cycle where it's really okay. Nothing has gone wrong if you're feeling all the feelings. So here are the top three things I've learned. First, if you're in the market for buying something, anything, houses included, figure out what you want. This is worth a lot of journaling and a lot of thought jots and a lot of speaking to people who know or have done this in a way that you really like. This comes from touring lots of houses and making offers that feel really good to you. And then as you learn and as you go throughout this process in an iterative way, you can act more quickly as you go. People say acting fast is really, really important, but it's not because until you're prepared to act fast, acting fast feels psycho. (laughs) You don't want to like put offers on random houses that you aren't sure about and you don't feel good about. But there will come a time when you've gone through a lot of houses and you've worked with a real estate agent and you put in offers and you notice what you like and notice what has gone wrong, um, that you're going to recognize what you like when you see it very quickly. So just do your thing and don't feel the pressure of time. And if something sells before you can put an offer on it because you're just wanting to take a minute, that's totally fine. Get your ducks in a row and let things work Mm -hmm. out. Um, similarly, be careful of your mind drama because your brain, when you're, when you're looking to do something new, your brain is going to tell you all the reasons why you should just stay where you are. Don't move. We just want to keep you safe. Right. And then we say, thanks brain. Thanks so much for trying to keep me safe. I feel scared, but also just because you feel scared is not a good reason to not do things. Okay. So are you with me? So Find what feels good to you for a really good reason to move forward. To me, it will be the math. It makes sense. We can afford it. We can renovate it in a way that um, the the math works. We can make money on it. We can um, have equity in the building. Um, Also, for me, when I'm buying something, 
it has to have a vision to it. I have to like it. I have to feel what I call like just a spark, right? I am interested. I am curious. And it is alluring to me. That's important to me. But if it's not important to me to listen to my brain telling me to stay in the cave. I don't value that input from my brain. Sure, I want to listen to the concerns and see if they're valid, but I decide with my adult brain, my prefrontal cortex, what housing decisions I am okay with. And if I'm ever feeling the elevated heart rate, the sweaty palms, the fear or anxiety, um, then I don't make decisions in that state. That's a cue to me that I need to calm myself down before progressing. So let things work out and also be on your brain. So the second thing here is look for properties. If you're looking for an income property or um, something to experiment with, look for properties in this little suburbs of the towns you want to be in. You can find amazing deals if you're willing to drive five or 10 minutes and that might be worth it. If you're looking for an investment property, totally worth it because you're not even having to make the commute. Maybe you are if you're living in it. But just uh, remember that you can extend your searches by just a little bit and find some gems. Also, look diligently in the place that you want to live because the market turns over quickly. And when you are ready to act fast, you're going to want to act fast after you've done all the processing through that you need to. And when it feels good to act fast, you're going to want to put in an offer quickly, right? So just expand your search program them into your MLS, program them into Zillow, and just repeat the search once a day. You don't need to go down the rabbit hole. You don't need to spend exhaustive amounts of time. Find yourself a great real estate agent and just understand that within a certain vicinity, you're going to have great luck. Third, find yourself a bomb real estate agent. (laughs) I cannot tell you how valuable a great real estate agent is. Our real estate agent is so informed and so connected that she makes my life easy peasy. I can call her. She's friends with all the people and knows a million contractors and title companies. And she just makes my life so much easier. So yes, we pay our real estate agents for a very good reason. Let them do their job. Let them do it well. Be very specific in what you're looking for and then let them loose. Let them do their thing. And when you can find a team to support you, especially again, if this is more of like an investment situation, but even if you're just looking for your private residence, find an agent that you love and then tell them what you want. Tell them your priority list. We go through this in the home love lab where you figure out exactly what your priorities are, both alone and separate and how that matches up for what you're wanting. And you know exactly like We need a great room. We need four bedrooms. A fifth bedroom would be great and a pool would be great. Those are not needs. Those are wants, right? You can just prioritize in your mind and then your real estate agent can do something with that information. Okay. So just a little, just a little off, off today's main topic, Diddy, but so fun. I love the whole process of it. It does get exhausting when you start dreaming yourself into all these different places and then they don't work out and you're like, oh man, I built my life there in my mind, but The more you engage in that process, the more that you build out these houses to be something that you can decide to feel happy with, the easier it will come the next time and the next time and the next time. It's our brains will also offer to us, I should just stop caring because this isn't working and I'm exhausted from caring. So instead we go callous, we go cold and we don't 
care as much. But here's what happens. Instead of dreaming and allowing ourselves this pleasure and this growth experience through seeing ourselves in these different places, even if they're not the one that we end up buying, we just are disappointing ourselves ahead of time. We're just living in the disappointment before the disappointment even hits. And we're depriving ourselves of the growth and of just the fun of seeing what we can do in different places. Oh my, I have such a fun thing to talk to you about. Starting January 1st, I am hosting a one-room, 30-day makeover challenge. So what this means is you're going to choose the most troublesome part of your house. And for 30 days, we're going to hit it hard. I'm going to teach you my relationships first approach to home renovation. And I'm calling it the one-room renaissance. The renaissance. Because really, it's a new awakening to how we approach design. This isn't going to be aesthetic-based. It's not going to be about what's trendy. It's not going to be what's beautiful on Pinterest. It's just going to be about you and your spouse and your kids and your home. And then I will teach you how to renovate from that methodology. It's going to be amazing. If you want to join us, click the click the link in the show notes. It will take you to the sign-up page. You can get all set to go so that come January 1st, you're ready to hit the ground running. Oh, I'm so excited. If you want to join the Home Love Lab, you will get double the live coaching calls plus all of the curriculum inside of the One Room Reno, plus all the home love curriculum. Like you get the whole kit and caboodle of the Home Love Lab, but this is what we'll be doing inside of the Home Love Lab for January. If you just want to sign up for the One Room Reno, you totally have that option as well. Comes with a weekly live coaching call with me, a Facebook group where you can ask all of your questions in real time, and I will personally answer them. And some amazing training that you're going to take with you throughout your whole entire life and be able to apply in any other area of your house. So I'm so excited. I hope that you will join me. Okay. Okay. It is now time for our little lifesaver. And today is a listener little lifesaver, which is such a treat. So I today was making my tea and I put my mug in the microwave and it came out 5,000 degrees and my tea was still tepid. I'm so mad. Like I have to wear my sweatshirts and I use them as oven mitts on my hot mugs because I'm classy like that. <laughs> and my my lips burn trying to swig my drink that was still lukewarm. Luckily, my friend Jasmine had written me in that exact day. It was seriously fate. So I hope you all are thinking about this too. She was like, little lifesaver, I've got one for you. Little Pyrex measuring cups. So that when you microwave your water or your milk, they don't get so hot like the ceramic mugs do. And they don't split and they don't crack in the microwave. Amazing. And also a kettle. This is my addition because kettles warm things up quick. You don't get all the microwave stuff. That's probably not the best for our health. Um, but in the meantime, like use Pyrex, use some glass. And then if you use it like a casserole dish in eight by eight, you can warm things up and then broil them in the oven. One dish, no more soggy, a dream within a dream. So it's hot chocolate season, you guys. It's time for all the microwaving of beverages for your children and for yourself. Consider, consider getting yourself a set of measuring cups. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? The ones that have the handles and the spout and you can get them in like one cup 
There's like little guys that are like one cup. And then there's like the big guys that are like six cups. I remember my friend's moms had these ones when I was growing up. My mom didn't. My mom isn't a love baker. And that's totally fine. But I remember seeing at my friend's house these huge measure like liquid measuring cups and we'd put rice krispies in them man you can get stuff done with those so i'm definitely ordering mine i would love to have you have one too and we can all enjoy together we can cheers each other our warm beverages without burned lips and cracked mugs <laughs> uh, so what's been your little lifesaver if something comes up in your life and you're like hallelujah this just solved a problem for me Pass it along. We need you for sure. Today, we get to talk about being a gracious host and a courteous house guest. How perfect is this? This week for Christmas, I imagine you're going to be going somewhere to see family, and maybe you're not. Maybe you're hosting Christmas. You know, not too long ago, we were staying over at a friend's house, and I was feeling insecure about my children not playing kindly with one another, like not unusually unkindly. They just were being themselves and having little spats and fighting over toys or whatever incrementally. They did a pretty good job. You know, they get along. They're best friends, but some they have little spats here and there, and I was nervous about it. I was nervous about them not respecting the furniture, how my friend wanted them to. Granted, I was making up my friend's rules in my mind. Like I didn't sit her down and I didn't say, now tell me your furniture rules. I was just like, I bet she doesn't like it if we walk with our shoes on this rug. Like, you know, all the things that our brains do. So I was trying to play this game where I try to think about what she said she liked for people to do when they're in her house. We've been friends for years and years and she's had multiple house guests. And we've talked about them and I was like trying to remember all of the things Oh, I like it when people help me do my dishes and isn't it insensitive when blah, blah, blah happens. Like I was trying to read her mind and be this perfect house guest. I was trying to be the perfect person and make my family that way too. And it was all in this attempt to make her happy. A very people-pleasy energy. And here's the thing. Was she angry at me for being at her house? No. She's very kind to me. She's always very kind to me, to my children to everybody. I can't even control her emotions. We know this, you guys, right? We know that our thoughts create our own feelings. And anytime I try to control somebody else's emotions, it doesn't work. If it worked, that would be a different conversation, but it just doesn't work. So this is a situation in which I was creating so much unnecessary drama with exactly zero point. The point was lost because I can't even make her happy. I can have all this drama, but to what avail? None. As I talked to my husband about this, like the anxiety that I was feeling and creating for myself, I recognized that my insecurities were just that, my insecurities that I was creating for myself. And if I wanted to show my love to our friend, I needed to feel love and not insecurity. Imagine that. <laughs> if I want to create a result of enhanced love, coming at it from insecurity usually doesn't do the trick for me. This is amazing. Revolutionary. So this switch from insecurity into love had me feeling confident and loving. And I was allowed, I was allowing myself to let my children be what they were. And I was feeling an immense amount of gratitude for our host's kindness and not even worrying about controlling her feelings. It felt a little bit scary at first because how, 
I've been taught is be a good house guest. Control their feelings. Make them glad that they invited you. Don't make them sorry that you came over. Like that's your job as a house guest, right? This is wrong. It's not our job to control the host's feelings about us. And when I could make this switch in my brain, it was such a pleasant visit. And I loved it. And we stayed overnight and the kids slept well and things went great. And I made the bed and wiped up the counter in the bathroom. And I did the things that I felt loving to do out of like thankfulness and gratitude and generosity of spirit, not because I was trying to not make her mad and not have her talk about me to her husband or whatever, right? Instead, I just realized she's going to feel how she feels and I'm going to be okay with that. If she's feeling nitpicky, she's going to find the random thing that my kids left around or ruined, right? Or like the crumbs they dropped. But if she's in a generous place, then nothing I do can make her mad. So ultimately, all of how she feels is within her control. And what's within my control is how I love. So I decided to love and it made all the difference. So this led me to get contemplating about what exactly made a gracious host or like a courteous house guest. These are things that my students talk about struggling with. We have so many rules and manuals surrounding what it means to put on a party, to host an event, to have people over for dinner. We have so many rules when it comes to even letting someone in the door. Tell me if any of these situations sound familiar. Someone comes over to your house and you apologize for the messes a few times because that's what good hosts do. You try to make your guests feel comfortable. Now that one sounds nice, doesn't it? Mm. There's a lot of hidden things going on there, making people feel things. You want to ensure your guests have a good time. You cater to the diets of everybody in attendance. You don't talk about anything too personal or too controversial. You have your dishes always done. And if there are dishes, refer to rule number one where you apologize, apologize, apologize. You need to keep your children quiet while entertaining because they, your guests wouldn't like it. It's too annoying. You can't hear them and they can't hear you. You comment about how the dinner went wrong. Oh, I forgot the salt. I wanted to serve a fruit cocktail, but the mandarin oranges were sold out and blah, 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 blah. You go about telling what's wrong with the situation. You concern yourself with manners and fork placement and tell your kids lots of times how they have to have three more bites. You pretend like you aren't stressed and ask lots of questions and only give answers that will make the guests want to come back. You have a heavy filter on what you say and how you look all with the purpose of making your guests feel a certain way. You guys, this is a bad idea. All of these things will lead to stress, okay? How about being a courteous house guest? Let's talk about the rules of courteous house guests. Don't spit, don't burp, don't talk unless spoken to, and then look in their eyes and then speak up loudly, especially if this person is old that you're speaking to. Make sure you enunciate and then tell your children to do the exact same. Walk, don't run. Wear your clothes. Say thank you, say please, apologize for your kids doing any of the above or not doing anything else. Act kind of stressed about the kids not behaving correctly so the host knows that you're a good mom and you do not condone such distasteful displays. Compliment everything. Eat stuff you don't want to eat. Help clean up. Leave no trace. 
Only say what you think will be pleasing to the host, especially about pandemics and religion and politics. Bring something as a gift so they feel appreciated. Listen closely to any slips of I wish guests would or other hints as to what they prefer and then conform at all costs. Then pull out all your remaining hair just for fun. (laughs) You guys, do you see what we're doing here? We are showing up fake as hosts and then our guests are showing up fake too. And we're having this fake interchange, trying to people please each other, all in the name of good manners trying to make each other feel good, but we are not connecting. We aren't even seeing the real people that we're with. We're seeing a facade. And that is why we are totally torched out when it comes to holiday parties and hosting people, because we feel like this perfectionistic display takes, takes, takes from our energy banks. And it does. When we invite people over to our homes and we have this sort of mentality going on, of course, you're going to be drained. Of course you are. You have to pretend to be somebody different in a place that you live in that you've cleaned to look different with children who are used to behaving a certain way, who they're not allowed to behave that way anymore because you have guests over the guests. Your kids are going to hate the guests too. Everyone's going to hate the guests. Okay? What we can do instead, oh, we can do so much better than this. What we can do instead is back up And we need to look at why we invite guests over and why we go to visit people in the first place. And the reason that we do this is to see them, to see the people and to be seen by the people. We are here. This is called vulnerability. We are here to be vulnerable and it is scary. It is scary, scary to be seen. It's scary to have the friends come over and to have dishes and crumbs and your hair all sticky uppy and maybe you don't even have your bra on yet and your kids are in their pajamas and it's 1 30 in the afternoon what kind of mother like these are all the thoughts that we have but what if we lived what if the guests came over and all those things were exactly the same and they said oh thank goodness you're a real person I've been looking for you I've been searching the world for a real friend somebody that I can hang out within my sweats and call in the middle of the night when something goes terribly wrong and I need support. These are the kind of people we need in our lives. And the way that we show up and we create these relationships is by being true to ourselves first. And that's the way that we invite others to do the same. Sure, we want to have a good time with people and we want to hear what they're saying and we would really like for the kids to keep the noise to a minimum. But the truth is right now, We might have kids and they probably have kids too. So we need to think about this a little bit better and do things where the kids can be occupied or get a babysitter, right? Like set yourself up for success. Most, most importantly, I want to reinforce to you that having a good time is 12,000% up to you at all times. Nothing a host does or doesn't do can change your feelings. You can be uncomfortable whenever you want. You can also be comfortable whenever you want. Which one sounds like more fun? (laughs) My thoughts, my thoughts are what create my feelings. And same for you. No matter what circumstance you're in, no matter who's over at your house, no matter where you are, you can always have a good time if you want to. And your guests have that same choice. This is when the heartbreak of agency comes in. (laughs) Because 
they always get to choose. And you know what? They're already choosing. They might already be saying bad things about you. They might already be judging you. They might already be, be saying wonderful things about you. And all of that has nothing to do with you. Never has, never will. No matter how well you prepare the kids with manners ahead of time. It's just not possible to control your guests' feelings, to control your host's feelings. We can invite thoughts, but that comes from feeling certain things in our own bodies. For instance, if I want to invite my guests to feel comfortable, I need to feel comfortable first. Okay? We don't invite people to feel comfortable when we show up in anxiety. It's an uncomfortable energy. We can invite our hosts to feel comfortable by us feeling comfortable first and letting them show up however they want. And you guys, time and time again, I see it when I'm able to show up in this way that the people that I'm around with will fall into sync. Whoever's energy is most dominant, whoever's energy is strongest will win the day. So you show up in the strongest calm energy and everybody else will follow. And you know what? Maybe they don't. There's going to be some times when they don't. But if you can hold your calm, who cares? Who cares anyway, right? When we center from love, we can let go of the shoulds and we can really connect with each other. We can invite this beautiful relationship to develop. And we don't even worry about making somebody else feel welcome or loved or seen because we're too busy feeling welcome and loved and seen. Here are the rules for bona fide connection when hosting or being a guest. You guys, it's very complex. Pay close attention. Here you go. <clears throat> love. That's it. Love hard. Love yourself first and love your people big. I know, I know, I know. It's easier said than done. I get it. I totally get it. But developing this true kind of love that invites people into your space without worry and is able to enter somebody else's space with sanity and care is the best gift you can you can give yourself or anybody else. It's the, the best gift. And here's how you do it. You want to start by knowing where you start and stop. This is boundary work. This is learning who controls your emotions. And remember the answer? You always you. The answer is always you. You control your emotions. And when you feel triggered, that's the anxiety of not enoughness that can creep up on us. That's when we feel triggered. Stop and figure out what you're feeling. If you find that you're saying a lot of things to your kids, like stop doing that. Come over here. Be a little bit more quiet. Eat with your fork. Notice that this is about you, not about them. If we start making excuses, oh, the towels are still in the laundry. I'll get those out for you as soon as possible. I'm so sorry about you. It's all about you. Take a minute and reconnect. It is your job to hop out of people pleasing and figure out what you're thinking. Figure out what it is that's causing you to feel this stress of showing up as somebody that you aren't. And the reason we know you're showing up as somebody that you aren't is because you're apologizing or you're making excuses or you're worried about it. When you're alone with your own self, you don't have to tell yourself like, oh, I'm so sorry that the, that the towels aren't dry yet. They just are almost dry. Sometimes the towels are wet. Sometimes they're dry. Right now they're almost dry. You don't really need to have a conversation with yourself about it because you're secure about it, right? So let go of trying to please somebody and have everything like perfect. 
Because here's the truth, it won't be. But the more imperfect you can be and the more comfortable in your imperfection you can show up as, the more comfortable of a situation you are able to actually create for yourself and for your guests. It's actually a form of lying to be people-pleasing. Let me say this again. It's a form of lying to people-please. We are trying to show up as somebody in in genuous disingenuous <laughs> there's the word with the hope of creating a reaction that is con con man 101 right can anybody else can we talk about neil caffrey just like a little aside about neil caffrey white collar yeah okay aside over will some people be mad when you show up who you are as who you are like will some people not like you yep they will they sure will Will some people love you deeply and truly and know exactly who you are and think you're the best thing ever? Yes, they will. When you are open to experiencing the deepest relationships of your life, this is when the magic happens. This is when true connection can occur. This is when we find ourselves with deep lifelong friends. This is when our families can support us in ways that are meaningful. Without question, this will happen. When you show up and you love with all that you have in exactly who you are and how you are right exactly right now. This weekend, when you are visiting family, when you are visiting friends, when you are hanging out, when people are over, just feel. Just notice all that's going on in your head and in your heart and do your best to speak love to yourself and speak love to those around you over and over again and to let those thoughts permeate your body and to feel that love and to feel that comfort and that stillness that comes from confidently being. See what you can feel this weekend. It might hurt a little bit. It might be different, but it's going to be so worth it. All right, you guys, I'll talk to you next week. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. And until then, go get messy. Hey, do you just love this podcast? There's even more housey, homey, family goodness to explore over at intentionalhouse.com.